another episode of Sweet Valley Online. This episode, we're discussing Sweet Valley High number three, Playing with Fire. I'm Wing, and when I want to play with fire, I also want to burn Sweet Valley to the ground. I'm here with my not-so-evil triplets, Dove and Raven. I'm Dove, and when I was in an abusive relationship, at least I had the good sense to punch my abuser. I'm Raven, and Bruce Patman is my lord and saviour. I am eternally grateful. Well, this has just become a horror podcast. How exciting for us. So a brief summary of the book. Jessica finally gets to date Bruce Patman after being in love with him for her entire life, despite that not being true throughout Sweet Valley Twins. He emotionally abuses her. She goes through a complete personality change and everything is neatly resolved in about a page and a half with a slice of pizza to the face, a pitcher of soda over the head and a fall into a fountain. The end. Okay, fine. Slightly more details on that summary. Jessica and Winston are still bound together due to some completely unbelievable school tradition and must attend the dance competition fundraiser. Jessica promptly ditches Winston for Bruce and spends the rest of the book twisting herself into knots trying to keep his attention, including changing her clothing style and very nearly giving up cheerleading and squashing her competitive spirit so she won't emasculate him at tennis. Bruce emotionally abuses Jessica, Elizabeth tries and fails to get through to her sister, and when Elizabeth finally has a chance to show Jessica that Bruce is cheating on her, Jessica snaps back to her normal personality, and all is resolved when she shoves a slice of pizza into Bruce's face, dumps a pitcher of soda over his head, shoves him into a fountain, and promptly uses Winston to make herself feel better. She invites Winston out to dinner that very moment, and, of course, he scrambles to make her happy, as he already told Elizabeth earlier in the book that he doesn't care how Jessica treats him, as long as she's happy. The B-plot is that Valley of Death, which may have a different name, we'll discuss that later, uh, our dear friend Emily's band has a new manager who promises to get them gigs at important clubs, sends them instead to seedy bars, and is actually screwing them over because he wants to fuck Dana, another band member. The band fights a lot due to the pressures on them. Emily spends more time at rehearsal than studying, flunks a chemistry test, is manipulated into cheating on the next test so Jessica can cheat off of her successfully, turns herself in, and doesn't get expelled for it. The C-plot mixed with the B-plot, is that Jessica emotionally abuses Robin, the current Fatty McFatty of Sweet Valley High, into stealing a chemistry test for her and sticking it into Emily's locker so she could put the rest of her plan in place. Jessica constantly lies to Robin about how much Winston likes her, but Robin painfully learns the truth. He's still completely hung up on Jessica, who will be using him shortly, as well as using Robin. Todd exists. He keeps telling Elizabeth to leave her twin alone to her problems. They're boring. Elizabeth is deeply hypocritical and judgmental with her gossip column. Example, even though she knows the entire school is gossiping about Jessica and Bruce, mostly because Bruce is going around calling Jessica easy, Elizabeth can't bring herself to write about them in the column, though she would 100% throw another girl under the bus. Fuck out of here, Elizabeth. Elizabeth also writes a series of articles about Valley of Death because, I suppose, we couldn't get Emily into the story without including both Wakefield twins. Thanks. That's it. I hate everything. I can't believe you hated this one. I loved this one in comparison to the others. And that is being the best looking person in the Burns unit. Like, that, that <laughs> is no compliment. But compared to how horrific the first one was, 
and how completely passive the second one was. This this was a tour de force. People did stuff. Choices were actively made. To be fair, I did not hate this one for most of it. And I, I did not hate it as much as I hated some of the others. But the ending of this one really just killed literally everything else that I liked about it. So we're going to start by talking about the differences between the old version and the new version, because I accidentally read the new version and could not get my hands on the old version to read it to compare it myself. Thankfully, Raven and Dove both read the old version and can help us with all of that. To start with, the band name was changed, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it's 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 the droids classically speaking and i've got to be honest i can't see fandom really liking that like imagine if they renamed the bronze in like if they tarted up buffy the vampire slayer and instead called it a completely different thing and you're like well what difference does that make we've done is pissed off the original fans all of whom are here to watch it nobody knew is watching this i guess to explain really briefly these were the first 12 were re updated and re-released in 2008. Is that correct of? So it's yeah. not like it's an A, a brand new re-release, but then B, uh, everyone kind of thought they were just being updated to include cell phones and stuff like that. This is apparently a very good example of what actually happened because in this book, several big points are changed besides just the details. So let's, let's see. Robin has a whole different experience about Jessica or Jessica Elizabeth and Winston at one point don't they Dove yeah well your version the 2008 version has 9,000 extra words so suck to be you to do the written recap (laughs) but like in some cases it was very uh, it was sensible like um, there's a scene in the new version where Elizabeth finds out while she's at school that Bruce is planning a big surprise quote surprise party for Jessica uh, for his birthday instead of the intimate dinner that Jessica is expecting whereas in the old version she just recalls that that happens while on the way to the party so in some ways it did fix it but then in other ways it really didn't like as Wing said there was a scene where Robin and Winston actually had kind of an awkward chat at a at a club where the droids slash Valley of Death were playing. And it kind of served to make Robin look like a complete arsehole because they had this awkward conversation and Robin realised that she had no chance with him. So when she blurts out something idiotically, it looks like she's reacting badly, like, oh, the boy doesn't like me. I'm going to say something spiteful to the boy so that it ruins his night as well. Whereas in the original, they never had that conversation that established that Winston isn't over Jessica. So when she blurts, oh my God, it's Jessica. She's making out with Bruce Batman. It's more like, oh my God, my favorite twin is here. Rather than take that. You don't fancy me. She doesn't fancy you. That uh, change is really interesting too, because you said going into it that them having the conversation really addresses some earlier issues about robin herself and how she's dealing with winston so the ghosty the updating ghosty i guess changed that but then immediately turned around and did that where now she looks like she's vicious and cruel because she's been rejected which is just what we needed to add yeah i mean it was odd with the the changes in general because 
I found that there was two, maybe even three different layers of changes going on. There were the large structural changes like that that were there to fix perceived problems. And in my opinion, that's an overstepping of what was required in a updating of the story. But I can see that that was made from good intentions. It's like, okay, as well as modernizing it, we're going to try and make this have a more modern view or have the situations seem more modern and the interactions between the people seem more modern. So I can see why they were there. Uh, Then you've got the, shall we say, cosmetic changes that you could sort of also agree with. Like, for example, I think Jessica's tuxedo dress that she was wearing in one one part was updated to a different style of dress that didn't quite date the thing. So you could imagine if, for example, Bruce Patman was wearing flares, they might have been taken away and updated to, 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 to relate to the fashions of the day. But in a way, that dates the new story. Those kind of changes date to the new story. And it just means that in 2025 or 2026, when we're all wearing spacesuits or whatever, then they're going to have to update it again. Um, so they were not necessarily uh, um, good choices. And then... The ones that I hated the most were the ones which were just totally bizarre. Like changing the band name from the droids to Valley of Death. What on earth possessed them to do that? The history of band names is long and storied. There are so many bands with weird names out there that the droids would be a perfectly good band name for a band now, as would Valley of Death. In fact, Valley of Death makes them sound like a bit of a metal band. That's absolutely what I take them as, a metal band. (laughs) So it it was just such a surprise to me that there was changes like that that were almost changes for changes' sake. Mm -hmm. And part of me thinks that was a case of the new ghosties going, hang on, we've been employed to um, rewrite and make some changes to this. We better make changes to make sure that the people know that we've made changes. We don't want to go back to the person who's paying our bills and they say, "Well, you've you've changed a tuxedo dress to a a slinky dumba, and you've changed this one thing here. We're not paying you all this money. (laughs) You've hardly done anything, which is a shame. It it, it just it's bits of that stuck in my craw to a certain extent." And there was a change that completely ruined the scene. Uh, there's there's a scene where Jessica is all upset about uh, failing the chemistry test because she copies off Emily and Emily's tired from the boring band story. Um, and Bruce, in the original, really gets off on being her saver and hold her, holding her while she cries and then tells her how to steal a test. And she's like, oh, you're going to steal it for me? That's so romantic. And he's like, no, 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 no. No, I'm going to wipe your tears away so that you love me more, but you're going to steal the test. Whereas in the new version, it doesn't play out like that, does he it? Blows, it? No, he blows her off every time she's upset about anything really, but specifically about her chemistry grades. He just completely ignores her, which opens this up for the whole 
Jessica manipulates Robin into stealing a test and then Emily into using... It was very complicated for no no good reason. I come from the mindset that books do not need to be updated like this. Just re-release them in their entirety. They are of a feel for when they're published originally. Just let that stand. Even if there's things in them that today we hate. Even if there's things in them that we hated back then. But if you are going to make changes, I think the things like adding the scene so that Elizabeth actually gets to overhear and react to Bruce having this party rather than the reader being told the chapter it comes up in that, oh, she heard about this before, as if you could not go back and have edited this book to Mm. add a reference in while you were writing it the first time, but ignoring that. That sort of thing. So you're building out the story and and flushing more activities into it is fantastic. If you feel the need to update clothing, I guess that's fine. But trying to change the feel of it, because it does sometimes feel like it's trying to remove some of the, say, fat shaming that comes uh, very strongly in the series. It doesn't fully remove it, but it does seem to try to lighten it, but in a way, but it's not consistent. So there's still issues throughout it and a lot of times the changes feel like they're not thought through so then they just add more problems like the the robin Mm. situation where she goes from being this she's being manipulated by jessica and she's a little clueless but she's not a terrible person into suddenly she is this asshole who's going to lash out at winston just because he doesn't like her and i don't think that's an intentional change but i just don't think the ghosties are thinking through the changes they're making which is unfortunate. They did not remove the fat shaming because one of the lines in chapter one is that Robin wouldn't look good in anything Jessica owned even after a month on Weight Watchers. And I'm like, well, of course she fucking wasn't. She's been described as the size of a cruise ship, to quote JC. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but you can't have it both ways. She can't be a size 10 who just could slim down to a six after a month of, you know, doing those hideous shakes that the Bella twins are always drinking because that's not fat. That's just giving a size 10, a complex about their body. And if she is the size of a cruise ship, of course it's going to take her longer than a month to be a size six. If you could lose 20 stone in the space of a month, there would be no fat people. Fair. Also, I can't get past the size of a cruise ship description. I may be laughing about that the rest of the time. Shout out to my good friend JC for that one. Uh, Oh God, why nostalgia? It does kind of sound like something that Jessica would use as a big exaggeration. But so yeah, the differences between old and new, sometimes weird, sometimes sort of useful, sometimes horrible. Speaking of horrible things, the bulk of this book uh, is the emotionally abusive relationships at the core of it. And Obviously, the the one on the surface is Jessica and Bruce, but we also have Jessica and Robin, Jessica and Emily, Jessica and Winston, I'm seeing a theme here, and Valley of Death slash the droids and their lying liar who lies manager Tony. So any thoughts on how much this book turns on emotionally abusive relationships and the Jessica that we wish we could love? Any Sweet Valley book about emotionally abusive relationships? Never going to be better than Elizabeth the Impossible in Sweet Valley Twins. Dove out. (laughs) That was a (laughs) mic drop moment. Mic drop. (sighs) 
Okay. All right. So my summary and, and just in general, we've talked about Bruce and Jessica and how he, even when, even in the old version, when he was quote unquote comforting her, it's all in line with him manipulating her. Uh, he tells her like, in, I don't know how much of this carried over, but in the new version, uh, he tells her how stupid cheerleading is and how stupid football is, which I don't think it is an old version. I think that's just a new version thing. But does it enough so that even though Jessica loves cheerleading, she loves the competitive competitiveness of it. She loves performing. Of course, she loves the attention. She almost gives it up because he guilt trips her into spending time with him instead. And then obviously she starts to lose tennis games to him because he gets mad when he loses to her. And he starts telling her, oh, you should dress less they don't actually use the word slut in this, but everything is coming across, oh, you should dress less sluttily and dress more like a very formal rich person as we go to the country club. Uh, and at the same time, Bruce is going around and telling everyone basically that Jessica's being slutty all over the place because she's up for anything he wants to do physically all the time. So there's a lot of... Uh, not really saying, but nodding at slut shaming and sexual abuse going on in here between Jessica and Bruce. Um, it's odd because the the Jessica and Bruce relationship is the sort of key linchpin for the entire book. And it's horrible in that we see Jessica being totally stripped of all her Jessica-ness from when she's at the tennis and she decides now I'm going to let him win and sticking up for him when he's just being thoughtless and saying that he'd call her and not calling her all the way into making excuses for him when he doesn't um, take her out on the promised dates that he was going to do and, and so forth. But there's part of me think that that's obviously it's not a nice thing to read, but it's a well-written thing, especially I think in, the original book where I think I think this is one of the changes to the new book by the sounds of it having not read the, the new version I'm not 100% sure this might be the case but one thing that the old version of the book is good at is giving Jessica and, and showing Jessica receiving the things she needs to make her believe that the relationship is going well like what? She's very much into um, kissing him and getting lost in her, lost in his eyes and stuff like that. And there's a lot of well-written bar- parts where he actually provides that. Mm. Now, he's providing that from a, a manipulative point, a manipulative place. But she's receiving that because we're in her head at the time as a much more romantic thing. And I think that is a a choice by the ghostie to show how easy it is for a manipulative person to take someone from one place of strength and reduce them to the, the, the shell of the person that Jessica becomes by the end of the proceedings or just before the denouement. Uh, and it seems to me that maybe the new version has removed some of them. Because obviously when when Jessica was um, talking about the stealing of the, 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 the papers, Bruce was very, 
I'll wipe away your tears. I'll be the the person that you want on the face of things, and you will respond well to that. But then it's very much, well, no, I'm not going to steal this. Don't be ridiculous. Um, whereas in the rewrite, he's much more dismissive. Mm-hmm. He won't even tell her how to steal the test. Mm. He he withholds it until she shuts up and lets yeah. him talk and then kisses him. And having not actually read the the new version, it does sound to me that he's treated a little more evilly. He comes across more as a bit more of a panto villain mm-hmm. by the sounds of what you're saying. Whereas one of the things I did enjoy about this book, the one that I read, the early one, was that his gaslighting and manipulation of her was very insidious, very subtle in places, and also well handled from Jessica's point of view, if you know what I mean. So. I love hearing that, because I, th- I think that it could have been that way in the new version, and I wish it would have been, because I think that that's exactly how I want to see this sort of thing written, is mm. that it's very insidious and small. I do think in the first half of their relationship arc in this book, that he is slightly better about Okay. Showing her, like, we as the reader can kind of see why she thinks this is going well. Uh, There are, I think, more, they plant, the updated version plants more red flags uh, throughout because of it. It, it, Culminating, the biggest change, I think, is that, that he doesn't, he's not sympathetic with her or pretending to be sympathetic. He's very just cold and dismissing her concerns in a lot of places Mm. where I don't think he would have, because it doesn't really fit what he would be doing as a character in this situation. Also, did you guys spend a lot of time in Elizabeth's head in the old version? Not really. There were there were times, yes. But... Yeah, but but not really from like I'm thinking about like you know when she's at the party and an- mm. anxiously pacing about it, and Todd makes her promise that she won't interfere, and that scene doesn't exist. She's just like, I hate that boy. How dare he touch my twin? I'm gonna do something about it, and that's that's the whole thing. But it's like eight pages in in the the mm-hmm. new version. With that extra nine thousand words, I do think part of what they've done to undercut how successfully how successful Bruce is as a villain. Because you're right, I, they do kind of make him this over the top kind of twirling your black mustache villain in a, in a lot of ways. I think part of how they do that is because we see so much of Elizabeth's worry about Jessica, mm. but it's couched in terms where it's very much like, how can she believe that? She's not stupid. Why is she being stupid? Etc. Etc. Versus it sounds like in the old version where it's very much you can see he is wooing her. He is doing these very nice things that she wants. He's doing them for his bad reasons but she is getting what she thinks the relationship should look like and all we're being told or a lot of what we're being told in the newer version is that this is stupid she should not be believing this Mm. from from elizabeth (laughs) one of the small changes was like in the old one jessica comes home super excited about these really conservative clothes which are not actually described in the book um but they are in the in the done over version and liz is like that's not really your style. That's, you know, very conservative. And she's like, oh, no, 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 Bruce bought me these, like, uh, because we're going to the country club. And then in the new version, she comes home excited because Lila gave her an old dress that she doesn't particularly like. And by old, never worn, but bought it, didn't like it, out of style, because it's like three three weeks old. 
and she's going to wear it to the country club. And you're like, well, that's changed it from he's buying how she looks mm-hmm. to my friend gave me a dress. Isn't that nice? It's perfect for my date. Which is a very different story to tell. It's only a it little is, change. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm really sad they cut that or switched that up then because that Bruce being the one to, oh, you should dress like this and here I'm going to buy it for you. As, which, as we know, Jessica very much equates buying things with love. It, it's just, a, I think, yeah, Raven is right. It's a much better presentation of their abusive relationship in the old version. And I'm really disappointed that the new one updated it the way they did. That was a poor, poorly done update. So one of the things that come came out fairly late in the new book is that one of the ways that Bruce is abusing Jessica is by demanding that she drop everything she's doing, drop everything she cares about to focus on what he's doing, what he cares about on his timeline. His father... <laughs> It may be a lie from Bruce at this point. I'm not entirely sure it is. But I do think even if this specific instance is a lie, his father does this to him. His father does the same thing to him. Demands Bruce, demands that Bruce join him on his events at the drop of a hat without caring about Bruce's plans or his schedule or if he wants to do it or not. And I think that... And I don't know if that's in the older version. In the newer version, it sort of comes across as... Not exactly that the story is trying to show, oh, there's a cycle of abuse and Bruce only does this because it's been done to him. But it does sort of come across that way. Like, oh, he can't see what he's doing because his dad does it to him. He thinks it's normal. Maybe he's not such a bad guy. And I do not think that's how uh, Bruce is at all. I think that he, even if he has learned this from his father he gets a great deal of joy out of this sort of control. And I think that that was undercut a little in the new version. It is in the original version, but um, I always read it as a lie that backfired. Like Jessica's Jessica's like, oh, we were going out tonight. And he's like, no, no, no. My dad uh, demanded that I drop everything and hang out with him. Like he's having a dinner party. And Jessica's like, cool. I'd love to go to a dinner party party at the batman mansion and he's like oh fuck me this is backfired no you wouldn't <laughs> like it honey it's it's not for you mm. and so it's it didn't feel real i think the specific example because in, in the new one i think it's he's got to go to some island catalina island maybe for a weekend event i do think that it, it's uh, i do think that specific instance is a lie because he's really just wanting jessica to not be there for the boat race <laughs> But I, it did come across as this is something his father does to him. He does it on and coupled with some of the other things. It just very much felt like, oh, this is why he does this. Not he does this because he likes how it feels. I think that's an interesting take. And it's certainly not something that I, I saw when I read it. Um, but it's definitely something that's worth exploring. The one thing I would say that might act as a counter to that is that none of the things that he said were demonstrated with things that actually happened in the book. Mm-hmm. None of the, she didn't, uh, for example, phone up the mansion when the dad was having his party and hear the sound of a party going on with his dad saying, Bruce, come here, please. Or there was no section in which Bruce's point of view where with, with his dad actually in the scene, berating him and making him feel small, like, like he would, like he's been making Jessica feel small. And I honestly think 
if your excellent point was something that was being considered by the ghosties, they would have they wouldn't have made it so subtle and nuanced. I wouldn't give them the credit that you've given them to believe that it was anything more than just a lie. You give them more credit than I. I don't think they did it intentionally. I just think that's how the story comes across. I think very few things are done intentionally. I think we (laughs) add quite a bit of depth to something that probably should not have so much depth. Uh, All right. So on top of this, the very heart of the story, abusive relationship, we also have Jessica using Robin, manipulating Robin, and Jessica manipulating Emily in both ways, in both with both girls, it's in similar ways. Jessica needs to get something from them. And so she knows what to say to make it happen. This is particularly strong with Robin in this updated version in how she convinces her by crying to her and really leading into the idea of their friendship. Oh, please, I'm going to fail. I'll lose everything I love. And Robin is ready to throw herself on that grenade. If she gets caught, it's fine. Uh, She can handle the suspension. Jessica can't. She'll lose what she loves. And all of this, we're really playing up the friendship between them that has kind of been building up in all the times that Robin is certain Jessica would never lie to her because she's been so upfront about how she and Winston you know, we're kind of a thing, but they're just friends now. And Winston really loves Robin and they're absolutely close friends and et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it's, I mean, it's very Jessica, especially Jessica and high, but it was also just so weird to see her being so true to herself in this situation. When at the same time, we're watching her give up so many of the pieces that make her, her when it comes to her relationship with Bruce, I thought that was an interesting, possibly unintentional juxtaposition. I think you've just described a whole bunch of stuff that we didn't read. Yeah. Like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. That was okay. not in the original. Like Robin got like four lines for every scene that she was in. Yeah. Like, like the babysitting scene, Jessica took Robin with her just in case she needed to go. She did. Bye. Okay, yeah, that scene is completely flushed out with they have conversations. Robin thinks they're having a good time. Wow. No, okay. Well, the discussion that Jessica has with Robin about Robin stealing the exam was entirely based around Jessica was saying, okay, Robin, you want to join the Pi Beta Alpha. Pi Beta so Alpha. You want to join Pi Beta Alpha um, and... I can make that happen to you, but we have to have an initiation. The initiation that you have to do to join this is to go and steal this pa- this paper. So there's none of the Jessica bearing her soul and turning on the waterworks and going, oh, I need it to, to be passed. It's basically, I have information for you. Go and steal this paper. You won't get in any trouble. It's part of the initiation. And then when she does that, it's like, right, now you've got that. Go and stick it in Emily's locker. Again, don't worry why it's part of the initiation wow and that's basically it you know so part of those yeah. nine thousand words were to really build out robin apparently yeah. that's wild the thing is we do get a lot of robin's thoughts behind why she does these things mm-hmm. and her friendship for jessica is real from her side she she is very much i like jessica a lot but she's coming from it from a, a very sort of almost like a Winston infatuation mm-hmm. point of view. And that's quite sad to see. So we do see that Jessica is manipulating her, but 
we also see that Robin is, I don't want to say, I don't want to victim blame and say allowing herself to be manipulated, but her character is written so you believe the manipulation could occur. Interesting. I think, as we talked about before, that the updated version kind of undercuts the insidiousness of Bruce's manipulation and, and abuse. It really has taken that and dumped it into Jessica. So what we're mm. seeing makes it less, makes it feel less like, oh, well, of course, Robin is falling for this. We don't really know Robin. We don't see what's happening. Of course, she's following. She's, you know, the ugly fatty at the school falling for the beautiful thin girl friendship or romance, however you want to read that. Uh, where in this, it's very clear that Jessica is giving her exactly the kind of friendship Robin thinks she's getting. Like mm-hmm. that Jessica d- steps through the actions, like you said, Bruce steps through the actions, comforting Jessica when she's upset. Jessica's really leading into the friendship, asking for comfort as you would from a friend, really, really making it clear that She's not just allowing Robin to hang around and Robin's reading more into it than it's there. No, Jessica is full-blown gaslighting this girl. And it's the update really makes Jessica even worse, which is saying a lot considering how bad we thought she was in the first couple of books. Mm. Maybe that's why we sort of lent more to the liking it side of the argument mm-hmm. because we, we weren't given on this sort of spatula dollop of evil Jessica sort of papering over the cracks we were we were shown jessica having a bad relationship and being subsumed by an insidious evil shall we say mm-hmm. but then not being an agent of malice herself being more of the victim throughout rather than the dual-edged sword that she's that she's been in in in, mm-hmm. in what sounds like the, the later version oh yeah i, I can mm. see that uh so the other one with Jessica, the other relationship that Jessica is using and manipulating someone really just happens briefly at the end. But I know that Dove has touched on how how they treat Winston as a punishment for Jessica and Jessica using him before. So I did just want to, in previous podcast episodes, Dove has talked about that. So I just wanted to briefly touch on the fact that Winston has flat out told Elizabeth, I don't care how Jessica treats me as long as she's happy which I think is often on the surface treated like a romantic statement, but is not at all. And then at the end, Jessica, part of Jessica's two-page, oh, and Jessica again and everything's wonderful, is that she's been, for books, all three books that we've had in this series, hates Winston, does not want to be near him, is embarrassed to be seen with him. And suddenly her big turn is, oh yeah, let's go out to dinner. It'll be fantastic. I will feel so much better. And it, it, came across to me in the new version that it's absolutely to be treated as oh she's in control again so that's why she feels better she can use this guy who this nerd that she hates but who adores her she can use him to make her feel better oh no i read it even worse than that uh my understanding was she was so pissed off with bruce that she date uh she uh, um asked winston for a date just to highlight what a shit Bruce was. Like, you are so awful that Winston is a step up. I knew you'd have a good reading on it. Damn, that's horrible. I, I, I can see both of these I can see both of these arguments, but I, I didn't see that. The reason I didn't see that is again, I think that as with the previous books, the end into this was just tossed off. <laughs> it was like, okay, we've got 
we've, we've done all this nice, admittedly nice work in the Bruce relationship with Jessica and the horror of that and various nuances and, and, and all this. And we've got a word count. Oh, shit. We've got three pages left <laughs> to finish this book and get it back to the beginning. So what are we going to do? Jessica discovers. She throws a pizza at Bruce. Tick. That's her back to normal. What can she do? She can walk out arm in arm with Winston. That's fine. And I don't see it as a, a, a damning diatribe into how awful Jessica thinks of Winston. I think it was Winston is a MacGuffin at this point. A MacGuffin of the ghosty, not a MacGuffin of Jessica. It's like, what can we give Jessica at the end to make things nice? A date with Winston. Tick. I would buy that more if they hadn't treated Winston so badly throughout the other books. I don't necessarily mean written him badly. I mean, Jessica is intentionally written to treat him badly. I would have believed a MacGuffin for the ghosty more if it was just some random jock guy whose name we had. Ken, for example, Mm. he exists. Girlfriend or not, Mm. he's a jock. He could leave with Jessica. Whereas it it seemed more pointed because it is Winston. And we've had all this insight into their uh, dynamics. And particularly because Bruce, quote, rescued Jessica from Mm. Winston's terrible dancing. And they both had a joke about what a waste of humanity he was because he's not handsome or a good dancer Mm. or presumably rich with a twatty little Porsche with a personalized Mm. number plate. I mean, Mm. that's that's a fair point. Now, that is a fair point. That that sort of um, that does dovetails it. That does add credence to what you're saying. Did you um, say that? Can I just say? <laughs> so proud right now. Can I just say one thing though? Um, I did find it quite upsetting that the booster member, freewheeling, tumbling Winston, who is obviously coordinated and athletic in twins, is this galloping ponce of a flailing idiot when it comes to dancing in in this series it's like i i don't add those two up it's weird that they chose winston in twins to be this booster flippy etc that that was a weird choice like yes we've agreed listeners if you haven't listened to the other two episodes we've agreed mostly to let go our frustrations over the inconsistencies between twins and high because there is not going to be any thought put into them however there is occasionally this is weird this was a weird choice in twins to make winston this booster level uh, athlete and then when he's like this in the books not as bad as the todd thing but whatever it's still bad i don't know if uh, was it donald's wordling the the real yeah. Yes, guy yeah. from twins yeah. i don't know if he appears in in high at all but he sounds like the person that they're trying to make Winston into. Ooh, yeah. I, or, yeah. Or Randy Mason, to... or... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Randy, yeah. yeah Lloyd yeah. Benson. Yeah, there's, there's, you know... Plenty of other names. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, it seems like an odd... I an think odd they choice. just picked the most popular names. Like, I yeah. think that's all the thought... When they were writing twins. It. Yeah, yes. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Because really, the, they created a lot of new characters, but mostly the new characters were one or two offs. Like, they'd be in a, a book or two, and then they'd the new girl disappears. That was a trope we talked about a lot. So The final thing I want to say about the whole Winston-Jessica dynamic is that I think I'd be more sympathetic to the argument that Winston is being 
manipulated and he's being done dirty basically by everybody including the ghosties i'd be more sim- i will be more sympathetic to that when we have the inevitable book that's more about winston mm yeah at the moment he's a side character with a few informed traits so that's fair i i don't give him the credence in the series that i think he will have because it's obvious from this reading that he's probably endgame for jessica that's what i'm thinking i don't know this is all known by the fandom i'm sure but that's the i think down the line they'll be together and i know that obviously they've, they've named him enough for us to know that he's going to be a character that we will have emotional connection with and stories mm-hmm. down the line but until that happens until we have the first one of them it's hard to see him as anything more than a bit part much much as it's hard at this stage to see Lila as anything more mm-hmm. than a bit part because she's done fuck all in the first three books we will have Lila stories down the line and they're going to be great and I'm looking forward to them because I love Lila from Twins but you know that, that, that's just my two doing a better job and like i mean this is a compliment you're doing a better job at cutting the emotional ties that we had with the twins characters than i am uh even if i didn't like them necessarily in twins it does feel like we've known them whereas you're right lila and winston are basically just cardboard characters at this point most of the other characters are cardboard characters and we don't really know we haven't spent any time with this is three books into this series and i'm having a really hard time shaking the emotional attachment to the characters from twins so i i absolutely can see how i would be reading more into some of the actions because i already think of he's not just a character to be moved around a piece on the board he's an active character that does things but he isn't at this point he's just a name on a page really I just want to briefly touch on the last of the abusive relationships, which is Valley of Death slash the droids and their manager, Tony, in that they're an up-and-coming band. They're really desperate for success. And Tony is this older, kind of slick uh, man who comes in to prey on them, to prey on their desire for success a little bit, but mostly to prey on one of the members that he wants to fuck and just how realistic that felt. Uh, The abuse within the music industry, the abuse within any sort of creative industry and the use of, I have this power. I can give you things. You have to fuck me to get them. That sort of thing was very kind of background in this, uh, but really realistic and I thought surprisingly well done for a background of a background piece of this bigger story but I did want to just touch on that briefly so what was one thing you liked and one thing you didn't like about this book one thing I know there's many but one (laughs) thing of each can I be a complete fucking wrongin sure (laughs) always I love you encourage it I really like Jessica just shutting the fuck up and sitting down and being demure (laughs) she has proper done my head in like double love was one of the most traumatic things a human being can endure i i'm aware that's hyperbole but um (laughs) double love was absolutely toxic and then secrets was just hideous and i'm like in this very unique specific case dealing with fictional assholes i'm kind of okay with it oh holy fuck i love you dove that's amazing (laughs) like in no way am i pro abusive relationships in any other situation even in fiction but in this one i'm just kind of like 
at least she's not being too annoying. And for things I hated, the obvious lousy denouement. Like, at least break your hand punching him in the face. I mean, I know violent... I am not coming across well in this, am I? (laughs) Um, Violence doesn't solve anything, but in the case of Bruce Patman, again, let's make an exception. Let's be pro-abusive relationships and pro-violence, apparently. Oh my god, what is wrong with me? I mean, I'm kind of pro-violence just in reality, so okay. (laughs) Someone else talk. Let's let's breeze through this. (laughs) Okay, moving on. (laughs) Let's save Dub's blushes. Um, I, I'm on a sim- similar page uh, as Dove. I enjoyed the relationship between Bruce and Jessica for a certain definition of the word "enjoyed." It it what it was well it was well actualized on the page. It was horrible to read in places, but it was believable, and it was it was well done, and. I'll try and articulate what Dove has said because I do agree with her. But the reasoning I have behind that, I hope, doesn't paint me in such a wrong one as it's painted Dove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm never coming back from this, am I? Nope. <laughs> I enjoyed seeing Jessica and her character in this book, even though she was going through an abusive relationship, because she wasn't an agent of malice in it. She was someone who was having a hard time. And we saw in her character, we saw the nice things that we liked in twins, like her competitive streak um, and her, bizarrely, her emotional intelligence to spot that Bruce was, oh, well, when, when they were playing tennis, to spot that Bruce was um, needing to have the victory from this. So we saw the the things that we liked about Jessica. And yes, we saw those things being slowly stripped away. But we saw the inventiveness that she has when she is justifying bad actions, usually bad actions that she does herself. But in this in this case, it was bad actions that were being that were being done to her. She still found justification for all the things that she was undergoing. So it was nice to see a Jessica who wasn't just shrill, evil, manipulative and irredeemable. It was nice to see the Jessica that we we like and we, we, we spent so many books with, even if it was when she wasn't in her best situation. And as for the thing I disliked, I'd like to say it was... Bruce's treatment of people I'd like to say it was the fat shaming but like Dove it was the lousy denouement it, it, you can't get past it it was just like shit we have to end this as I've said toss it off in a couple of pages mm-hmm. throw someone in a pool that makes it fine hit somebody with a pizza that makes it fine no it doesn't have a proper ending to something I want to change my... You don't get to change your answer. You've already made yourself a wrong end <laughs> no, 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 on recording. No. no walking that back. No, I I don't want to change my ending, my answer. Oh, okay. I want to change my wording of my answer so I sound as articulate as Raven and not like a very worrying <laughs> woman who appear- apparently hates other women. 
Well, unfortunately for you, you already made yourself sound that way, and it's my turn now. <laughs> okay. No, go ahead. Do you have it reworded? Oh, God, no. No. Oh, okay. Then. <laughs> it's okay. You can you can have part of my my description. That's okay. We're married. That's yeah. our shared. That's oh, that's, I see. I see. What's mine is his, and his is mine. So he's he's half wrong and and I'm half articulate. How lucky for you both. Half wrong and is an actual step up for me. So I'll, I'll take yeah, it. that's fair. <laughs> step up for both of you, to be honest. Uh, so. I liked and disliked pretty much all of the same things that they've just talked about. I will, I guess, just to say something that I liked. I really did like how the abusive relationships were written for the most part. I think the older version did a better job with the Bruce and Jessica one at least. But I liked seeing Jessica manipulate people and seeing the reality of her still there. And I did like that they had to make her more nuanced in order to strip those nuances away to make her the abused party in this relationship. And I did like that we did get to briefly see those pieces, her competitiveness, because they had to give her things that we hadn't yet seen so they could take them away. And I thought that was surprisingly well handled. Uh, I also hated the denouement, possibly more than I did before, once I learned that there were 9,000 additional words Uh added to the updated version, (laughs) and they still (laughs) use that fucked up ending that was two pages of bullshit. Yeah, that is fucked. I hate you, updated ghosty. Damn it. (sighs) Okay. We do a five-category rating, (laughs) starting with stupendous, good, meh, bad, and kill it with fire so what did you think it was raven i'm gonna go with meh the reason for that is although i did enjoy large parts of it the ending took me out of it if it had nailed the ending i would have given this a good i don't think it would have gone to stupendous because there were things that still wound me up such as the the winston stuff not being uh, not being the winston we knew from the old books and the fact that uh, the fat shaming was was insidious i don't like the fact that even the so-called fat characters feel necessary to fat shame themselves mm-hmm. as if as if it's just a thing that is um so yeah so although there was very nicely written parts the ending just ruined it for me i'd say out of the books we've read so far it's probably been my favorite one because all my books so far have been meh um, but this is more of a high meh than anything else so yeah, meh. Awesome, Dove. Uh, to quote Raven from either last week or the week before, it's like it's like a high meh. So it's a meh that goes up at the end. It's like meh. No, <laughs> I don't know how to do it. But um, meh, meh. That's hard. Yeah, meh? now yeah, we sound like we go. goats. <laughs> so let's meh. not. Meh. Okay, that's a thing. You had to know that was happening. <laughs> Okay. Um, for much the same reasons that that Raven said, like it was probably the most enjoyable thus far, even though the content was actually a bit disturbing. But then, then again, all the content's been disturbing if you like look at it. So, um, but it was just more happened. It was less of a passive book. It was, it even escalated, which was the problem that last week's book, Secrets, did not have, like, Mm -hmm. no escalation. And, yeah, and then it just flubbed the landing. Um, So, it it could have been a good, 
But as Raven says, the ending, it sucked. It was weak and feeble and not half as fiery as I would have expected from Jessica. Like Bruce Patman should be in the McCandy backyard, like six feet under. Not dead, just buried alive. <laughs> Even like, better. Take it to the next level. Um, yeah, so that's where I'm at. Meh. That's fair. Or meh. No, I can't do it. I honestly can't remember what I rated it when I wrote the recap. I think it might have been bad. I don't think it went all the way to kill it with fire. But after talking about it with you guys, it's set at a very solid meh. Probably a high meh as well. Like, I could have gotten to good. Low good. But it, based on this conversation, but for that ending. And of all of the flaws and issues, uh, the ending was already just killing it for me. Because it took all of these things that were well written for Sweet Valley and that were interesting to read and then just cut the legs out from under them. And then I learned that there were 9,000 extra words in which they could have <laughs> fixed that and did not. So now I'm leaning back towards bad. But no, it's a solid meh for me. Uh, and a lot of it was carried both because if they did handle the Bruce and Jessica relationship fairly well, but also Dove is right. Things happened in this book. I actually was fine reading it. Stuff was going on. It felt like it wasn't just the same conversation 50 times. I liked that. So yeah, solid meh. Perhaps we'll get up to good at some point. So uh, to quote Dove, that's... Uh... Three mes or a trimecta. <laughs> it's even funnier when someone else says it. Oh my god, I love my <laughs> recappers. Oh, that's brilliant. Love that. <clears throat> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. I know you come here to listen to us being wrongins and making terrible puns and possibly sounding like goats. So, you know, we can bring that to you whenever. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. You've been listening to the Sweet Valley Online podcast for Sweet Valley High number three, Playing With Fire, recorded on the 23rd of September, 2022. You can access all our past recaps and podcast episodes at sweetvalley.online. Check us out on facebook.com slash sweetvalleyonline or on Twitter under sweetvalley underscore bookshelf underscore raven and bookshelf underscore wing because i'm a big copycat thanks to our patron and coffee ko-fi someone please tell me listeners how to say that are in the show notes we'd like to thank our top tier patron regina c for her support Next time, we'll be talking about Sweet Valley High number four, Power Play. Be sure to join us then. Until then, if you play with fire, remember to burn Sweet Valley to the ground. <laughs>